Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Alright, I guess let's get started. Alright. Are we, are we recording? Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, let me check. Let me make sure. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve and here with me is Kevin. Hey guys. And we got first time on the show guest host Gina Tucker. What's up guys? What's up Gina? How's it going? Good here. How are you guys doing? Very good. Um, Alright, so this is episode number 42, Gina Tucker. Before we get to know Gina, let's see how everyone's week's been. Who wants to start? <laughs> I'll, dude, I'll start. Because right. m- mine's pretty short. <laughs> cool. Yeah, go for it, Kevin. During the week, I had Russ, our buddy Russ Cox. He contacted me about coming to our field. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, and that was supposed to be this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But then Ed Johnson contacted us and said, hey, you guys want to come up to my field? And I know you just picked up the new Logo 700 from him. Mm-hmm. So we were going to go up there. I told Russ, I said, you know, we're going to head up that way and uh, we probably won't be down at our field. <laughs> it worked out that I could do neither because I was working like a, an idiot. Uh, I was yeah. on call and I could not believe the on call I got between Thursday and Sunday. I'll just give you a couple of statistics between Thursday and Sunday. I wound up working almost 30 hours of overtime and I put almost a thousand miles on my van going back and forth up oh, and down the turnpike, dude. Like five wow. times. <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> was this all like South Jersey? Yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was a lot of that. So uh, I got to enjoy the turnpike quite a bit. Nice. Other than that, man, yeah, so I didn't go flying Saturday or Sunday. I was working both days. Um, no I, wrenching or anything? Yeah, I did get a chance to mess around with the scale heli build that I'm working on. I'm putting a 450, an older, like, Align clone 450 fly barless in that. And... uh mm-hmm. The servos I wanted to use, it's it's weird because it's got to be so skinny to fit in that scale fuselage that the servos I was going to use uh, were sticking out quite a bit So I on the elevator, the rear one. Okay. So I threw a uh, one of the Hobby King, those, um, those 306s, the ones we use yeah. on the Oxys. I, I yeah. threw one of those in there. It's shorter. I still have to like shim it a little bit and move it inside more it's actually i have to bolt it inside the, the frame itself to get it to work and it's just slow going it's in you know put it in check things out pull it back out make some adjustments right i got my um my rear tail servo though from uh that guy um that you you had sent me a link to oh the kst one yeah for um, the mini nice yeah it's the the mini so i got that i got that today i haven't even had a chance to look at that but i got got that and i figured while i'm putting one of those Hobby King servos, and I might as well get two more and do the, you know, the ailerons with it or the the rest of the cyclic with it. Yeah, because uh, I'm not too sure about this. the the other ones were Hobby King, but they were like cheap Metal Gear ones, and I wasn't too sure about the the horns holding up. They were like real brittle plastic. I didn't want to put like a lot of stress with more weight, uh, right, right, on mm-hmm. it. And so I I don't know. I was like, you know what? Let me just go with the the ones that I know work. The no, ones I know I've I've beat up a few times, you know. Yeah, the what you put the oxy horns on there. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I would use the actual oxy horns or the ones that come with it. I think the ones that come oh, with okay. it are are better than than the ones that are on the other servos. Yeah, 
on the servos itself, right? Yeah, I'd probably do that. Cool. But, uh, dude, I think that's all I've been doing. We got our well, – I'll probably talk about what, what I'm going to do at the end of the show. I'm kind of excited about what I'm actually going to do this week. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, right. that, that was it, man. All right, so I'll, I'll go next, and then we could have Gina go last and then go right into that main topic. So Okay. Um, I got I got a, quite a bit of a list here. Um, so I started taking out all the electronics out of the Goblin 570 case, uh, 570 KC. Uh, the servos are out, Neil's out. I left the motor and ESC and BEC in there, but um, I got to take the rest of that stuff out to uh, try to just sell the airframe. As, you know, just try to get that airframe sold. I, I don't really care how much I get. I, I think I offered one guy today like 450 for the airframe. Wow. But um, yeah. I got a new logo, right? I got the new logo 700. Right. I, I finished building the thing in three nights. It was kind of a speed build, kind of like, got to get this done, you know, try to get this ready for the weekend. I want to maintain it. Uh, it went out Sunday, made in it. It was successful. I didn't crash, knock on wood, you know, I did pretty good. Nice. Um, I did get some slow tail wag, and it seems like these logos, if you don't get the tail perfect, you'll get a small little, like, wag. Um, so I got to check the, uh, what is that thing called? The uh, pitch uh, linkages from the tail pitch slider. Uh, just check every single ball link and, and uh, see, make sure that everything is, you know, buttery smooth. Like, they said you should be able to blow on it and it should move. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm used to flying goblins where it's like, I don't know. I never, like, had to ream out a, a link or anything. I just kind of snap it all together and fly it. You know, set the gy- tail gyro, and I'm done. You never blew so, on the goblin's tail? No, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do things like that. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, yeah, once I get that, hopefully I'll get that tune uh, ready to go for this weekend because I'm excited to really, you know, put it through his paces and, uh, and to record some video of the flight. What else did I do? Oh, so I started working on the Zeal 380 Nightblades. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. These LEDs are tiny. <laughs> They're so annoying. But I did find a way to do them. I basically taped the LED to my um, my work table and then taped the resistor down and kind of just, like, push them together. And then, okay. and, like, tape it all down. And then, I, you know, and then I solder it, and it seems to be working. Are these I those mean, really small, like, microscopic resistors and LEDs? Yeah. So they're all surface mount. Yeah. So they're tiny, and they're even smaller than what other folks um, recommend using. Uh, this is basically uh, – I forgot his name. He's a Lynx pilot. I think it's uh, Matthew Kramer. Um, he's good friends with Rich Knapp, and basically he had a video and kind of recommended what you know LEDs to get for to do this on the Oxy because that was my original plan to build it on the Oxy. But I figure you know, I got a 380 pretty cheap, and – you know, I, I'm pretty much I got everything for it, and I could share packs and everything with my other 380. So I figured, let me give this a try on the 380. And so I soldered two lights last night just to test them, and they both work. Um, just the white ones, and they're they're pretty bright for these tiny, tiny. Like I mean, it's like a pinhead. That's how like a yeah. pinhead, you know, like a a ballpoint pen, like the little tip. Oh, yeah. That's how small they are. Um, Where'd you get them? Super bright LEDs? Uh, all off of eBay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I bought the LEDs off eBay. They're 0608, I think, size. 
And then I bought like an S um, all service mount like resistor pack that came with like a thousand resistors. <laughs> Uh, and those are all in like little strips, and I, you know, you have to read these numbers to decipher what what uh, ohm resistor they are. It's, oh. it's this whole big thing. But I, I got them all. Like I, I know, you know, I have the LEDs. I know for the white ones, I need uh, eighteen to twenty uh, ohm resistors. So I got those set aside now. So they're all like kind of packed together. So whenever I need to make them, I know which resistor goes with which LED. So I'll probably kind of get that going some more. On Sunday, though, I did crash the Oxy Turek. It was the second or third flight, and I, I think I should just I should just cut that segment out and use it every week. <laughs> right, it's kind of a recurring thing for me, but um, it's funny because I don't know, I don't even know why. It was just kind of like spur of the moment. I'm flying. I'm you know I'm doing really well. I'm coming in, and it's pretty windy from my left, so left to right wind, and I was kind of coming in to, from my right, so I was like. You know what? Screw this. I'm gonna hit throttle. Um, you know, take the V control, put in motor idle, and I'm gonna auto this sucker in. Oh boy! Now, you know, for folks who don't know what an Oxy is, it's a 300 size heli. It's tiny, and I know most folks say don't even bother um, trying to auto anything smaller than a, a 500. And here I am with 285s, you know, millimeter blades coming in, screaming in, like just coming in. You know, got I'm coming forward flight. And then I hit motor idle, and I pitch back, and then I start giving negative, and you hear the, the head spool up. And then it didn't spool up, and it just went plop on the ground, about like a foot off the ground or two feet off the ground. So I almost had it. It was so close. Nice. Did it start uh, pirouetting or anything? I've always wondered. No, that. no, it okay. didn't. I, I probably hit, I hit motor idle probably around like maybe like 20, 30 feet okay. coming in pretty hot. And, you know... I didn't know what was going to happen, but you know, I just hit throttle. I just put in motor idle. I could always bail out, but it came in so quick, I couldn't even think about switching the motor back on. Um, but all I knew is I, I had to kind of go with the wind, pitch it back, let the wind go through the blades with a little bit of negative pitch, and you know, you hear the. I heard the uh, the uh, you know head speed spool back up, you know, pretty nicely, and then um, I guess I went too far back. And it started dropping, and and then I kind of like it just dropped out of you know out okay. of the sky, like you know whatever, a couple feet. So only thing that broke was one DFC link. You know, knowing the oxy and the, the spindles, I probably you know bent the spindle a little. So I gotta get that going uh, for next weekend. So what was that? Was that the two bladed head? No, yes, yeah, correct. the Tarek, 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 Tarek. Yeah, so that's pretty much been my week. Uh, how about you, Gina? Well, other than working, you know, haven't been really going to the field this week because weather's been kind of rough. Uh, this weekend, uh, Saturday, I went to uh, a, a fun fly over in Riverview, Florida, about an hour and a half from where I live here in Sebring, mm-hmm. and uh, called Wattfest. It's electric only, and it was a mixture of airplanes, and, and uh, a few of us had helicopters, nice. and uh, had a great time there, and... Uh, I got in about eight flights, uh, five and a half flights on the uh, on the X3 until I stuffed that thing in. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was getting stupid, you know, flying too close to the planet. And, you know, what I was doing was doing uh, backflips and stopping inverted and then flipping back again and doing a skid bump and just nice. doing that, that back and forth. And on the last time I did it... Um, 
the the uh, left landing gear hooked in the grass. And when I went to, to take off to do the backflip again, it just pulled it right down into the ground and it just ate itself alive. Ah, and uh, I haven't even taken the thing apart yet to see what I'm going to need to fix it, you know, and you know, it, it hit so hard it, it it knocked the tail box off. We had to search for about fifteen minutes to find that. Oh wow! And yeah, it was under a clump of grass, and uh, we finally found it. But yeah, I did the scorpion tail mod on it. Mm-hmm. You know, bent that joker <laughs> right down ninety degrees. All in all, though, the damage doesn't look too bad. I didn't strip any gears. It just looks like the tail boom and torque tube and uh, and the main blades. And and nice. the tail blades are gone too. I don't even know where the tail blades went. Those are those are out La La Land somewhere out in the mm-hmm. field. But uh, other than that, I think it's going to be a pretty cheap crash for as as hard as it went in. So, but okay. it happens, I guess. You know, I fly that little helicopter like I hate it. So it was <laughs> it, it was eventually going to happen anyway. Right. But. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been doing. Uh, it's just working and flying and just having a good time. Nice, awesome. All right, so let's go right into the main topic. So let's get to know Gina. Uh, first question we got here is: How long have you been in the hobby? I've been in the hobby for about five years. Um, like just like everybody else did, I started with the fixed pitch helicopters and that wasn't taking me anywhere i wasn't getting any satisfaction out of that so i uh i jumped into the uh, collective pitch helicopters pretty quickly after i got started i mean we're talking like maybe a month or two after i got started i had a uh a dynam e-razor 450 okay and um not a a very good helicopter to start with but yeah I um I was able to learn how to hover with it in the backyard with the training sticks on it and mm-hmm. and that and and then eventually I just uh, after about six months of doing that I, I went and bought a uh, one of the old uh, T Rex uh, 500 ESP kits the old Flybar T Rex 500 and that was my first build nice and, and uh, started flying that thing around and. Uh, and after I got that, I started learning a lot faster because obviously it was a, a little better helicopter. And and uh, so I was able to start progressing a little bit better with that one. Awesome. Wow, I didn't even know Dyna made a helicopter. Yeah, the E-Razor. I've oh, heard of that one. I Googled it really quick. I'm like, wow, yeah. Oh, they're, they're not very good helicopters, believe me. Yeah. And uh, I tried to fly it a couple of couple of months ago and uh yeah i can't believe i even learned how to hover with that thing yeah <laughs> wow so do you do you fly just helis or do you also fly planes and multi-rotors uh i have no interest at all in multi-rotors but i do have some airplanes oh, uh, yeah? my my oh yeah my favorite one is uh, i have a two meter glider that i got from hobby king huh. and uh yeah our our club has um, glider competitions every once in a while and uh, they started doing that and it's like I'm sitting there on the table you know watching them have fun and I was, mm-hmm. I was like I want to have fun you know so <laughs> right uh-huh. I, I went home that night and I bought a bought a glider you know and got it in a couple of days put it together and took it out there and set it up and it's uh it's actually a lot of fun uh, and um a lot less stressful than flying a helicopter. You know, you go out there and just 
pitch this thing up in the air and just sit there and watch it fly. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I've got that and I've got a, uh, a Cessna 182. Oh, nice. Uh, a, foam, a foam Cessna 182, mm-hmm. 500 size. And uh, I've got a, a Thunder Tiger NT40 trainer. Okay. And uh, let's see, what else do I have? Well, that's it as far as the airplanes. I had. I used to have a jet, but I crashed it and turned it into confetti. So I don't <laughs> have that anymore. Foam jet. I yeah, don't mm-hmm. have that anymore. I, I destroyed that little critter. But nice, <laughs> cool. Uh, so in regards, I guess to heli, since that's kind of what you normally fly the most. Uh, what's your fleet look like? Uh, well, right now my fleet is uh, mostly Gowie. I have a uh, an NX-7, which is my flagship. That's my favorite helicopter. Nice. And uh, I have an X-7 and the X-3, and I have a TSA 600N, which uh, Gowie uh, graciously uh, allowed me to keep. And, awesome. Uh, but I don't fly that at fun flies and, mm-hmm. or any, anything like that or do demo flights with it. I just fly that at the, the local – field and i just basically use that for uh practicing new maneuvers uh before i go ahead and try them with any of the galley machines right cool and what kind of do you are you futaba spectrum v control um i fly jetty i have a jetty, oh, jetty. D- okay. yes I, I have a ds16 uh, carbon edition oh nice i love that transmitter it's so heavy <laughs> <laughs> no, it it is at first until you get used to it, and then it right. then you don't even think about it anymore. And I use a neck strap too when I'm flying, mm-hmm. so that that helps a lot. Ah, cool. So, are you? Uh, sorry, Kevin, you going to ask something? Yeah, I, I wanted to was wondering about why you said that Gowie allowed you to keep that one. Is it not a Gowie? Uh, no, it's not a Gowie. It's it's uh, made by TSA model, uh, who I used to fly for. Okay, and uh, so. Uh, they don't. Uh, they don't um, offer a 600 size nitro. Oh, and, so, okay. Yeah, so they so they said I could keep that one, you know, and uh, and as long as I don't fly it on center stage at a, at an event or or uh, use it for a demo flight, I'm I'm good to go. But you know, I don't I don't even bring it to the fun flies with me because you know I'm representing Gowie, so I'm, you know I should be flying Gowie machines, and I actually. Right. I love the Gowie helicopters. They're they're really good machines. And I'm yeah. I'm not familiar with Gowies at all. I, I'm guessing the NX7 means it's a nitro, and the X mm-hmm. means it's it, yes. a, just a regular yes. electric. Mm-hmm. The uh, the NX7 is the nitro, and the X7 is the uh, 700 electric. Nice. Um, no, I just wanted to ask you: um, Do you thumb or do you pinch? I thumb. You thumb? Yes. Okay. <laughs> one for Kevin, yay! <laughs> uh, I always get so psyched when I see people using thumbs and Deans. And Deans. Deans uh, who, <laughs> who uses Deans anymore? Yeah. Uh, me, on my 3S stuff. I don't, I don't <laughs> oh, use do 3S you? stuff really that much anymore. I mean, with the planes and stuff like that, yeah. But <laughs> I've, soldering was has been such a tedious task, and I just got a new soldering iron, so and it's and it's awesome. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I might change stuff over because I'll be like, ah, it's solder, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Who knows? I might change it over. Uh, cool. Sorry, Steve. No, nah, no worries. Uh, just kind of talking about the rest of your um, equipment that you use to fly. Uh, you know, what kind of like do you, what kind of charges do you use? Just curious. 
Well, actually, I just bought a new one. Uh, up until now, I have been using the uh, Dynamite Ultra Duo, which okay. has been a fantastic charger for the past four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it started getting old and tired, and the uh, charge times with my uh, 5,000 and 5,200 milliamp six cells was uh, starting to creep up around an hour uh, to, to charge a pair. So I was like, yeah, I need a new charger. Yeah. Um, so I just... Uh, invested in a uh, a Power Lab PL8 Duo. Nice. And uh, with a, uh, a Juice Pack 1800 1800 watt power supply. Okay. And I'm in the, in the process now of building a charging case for it. Awesome. And uh, right now I've got the um, the power supply is mounted, and I started on a makeshift. Uh, deck a deck lid that I could mm-hmm. use for the fun fly this past weekend, but I didn't like the way it turned out, so I didn't I didn't bother using it, and uh, so I just put the charger down on the table and and just powered it like that for for the weekend. But I'm gonna um, really make this thing nice, and then when I get done with it, I'll post some uh, some photos on the uh, on the Facebook page, and uh, I'll let yeah. you guys take a look at it. Yeah, that'd be but, awesome. Uh, cool. But yeah, this thing is it's awesome. It'll 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 charge just a pair of packs now in like 13 minutes, and I'm I'm going again. Wow! So yeah, yeah. Do you um do you what charge rates do you do? Two C or two and a half C? Yeah, I usually charge about two to three C. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, what about your packs? What do you normally fly with? I mean, on your electric, of course. Uh, I'm using what, what brand you mean? Yeah, like do you have a oh. specific brand you like, or do you kind of just you know try different flavors like OptiPowers, Impulse, and Revelectrics, You know? Yeah, well, I I, uh, I I fly with Charity RC Tata packs. Okay. And okay. Uh, the uh, part of the profits from the sales go to uh, uh, helping cure breast cancer. Oh, awesome. Yes, nice. and uh, that's uh, Charity RC is one of my sponsors. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, that, I think that was a really cool idea that they came up with to make the uh, the uh, Tata packs. And then they mm-hmm. got pink pink shrink wrap on them for breast cancer awareness. And uh, like I said, they uh, they donate part of the proceeds you know, or part of the profits to uh, to uh, help fight breast cancer. Oh, that's awesome! Nice. Yeah, I've seen those, and I. I didn't know that that was the whole story about them. You know the yeah the whole background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a really really good good deal all around, and I'm I'm really proud to be flying them. Yeah, I mean the prices don't seem too bad. A fifty two hundred for one thirty nine fifty C, or forty two hundred mm-hmm. for one twenty five sixty C. That's not bad at all. And they're really really good batteries. I've got uh, two sets of prototypes mm-hmm. that uh, that I started testing for them. Uh, when they first started out with them, and I've got hundreds of cycles on them so far. Really? The IRs, yeah, oh yeah, and the IRs are still down, and they're still making good power. I'm, I'm still flying them in the X7. Nice, awesome. Um, on the other, on the flip side, what do you uh, use for fuel? Uh, rotor range, thirty percent. Thirty percent, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, the YS ninety six Tariq engine really likes that uh, stuff. Nice. That's a. I hear that's an excellent motor. Oh my goodness! Is it ever? Yeah. It makes tons of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear from the RCHN guys when I listen to their show. They're all about that. That motor just is like you know, just crazy power, and um, you know, so much different than a ninety-one uh, Turex. So that's awesome. 
so we kind of touched based on it that uh, Gowie's one of your sponsors and also Charity RC. Um, who else is your sponsor? Can we go into that a little? Sure. Um, I'm sponsored by Zeal Blades. Cool. Awesome. I, I've, nice. I've been flying for them for um, well, going on three years now, I think. Wow. And um, I'm also uh, uh, along with Gowie. We got uh, I've got uh, Empire Hobby. They kind of go hand in hand with Gowie USA. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Demon Arrow, uh, which is basically oh. Bavarian Demon DemonArrow.com, Danny Melnick. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah with Bavarian Demon. So and I'm guessing you fly Bavarian Demon then. Huh? I fly Bavarian De- Demon. Yes, I do. Oh, awesome! How are those uh, fly barrels units? I've never uh, tried one. Never got a chance. Oh, to- oh, you should try one. They're really solid units, and um, the uh, programming software can be a little intimidating the first time you you see it, but it's actually pretty user friendly and really easy to set them up. And um, if you have trouble or or get stuck, you can hover the mouse over mm-hmm. the uh, parameter that you're trying to adjust, and a little window will pop up and, and explain to you what it does and and how you should adjust it. So there, it's it's really intuitive and um, and user friendly, and and the unit itself, they're just rock solid. I I just I just love them. They're they're, they're all aluminum cased, right? Uh huh. And where's that? Where is that company based out of? Is it Germany or uh, Bavaria? Bavaria, oh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> duh, Bavaria, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to try them, but I'm so like head deep into uh, V control now with like all my. Kelly's being uh, Neil's that right. be hard, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I still have a DX9, and I'm sure it supports like DSMX sats on there, right? Or yeah, yeah, it sure does. Uh huh. Yeah, so then maybe maybe one of my new, you know, next birds, I can I can do it, give it a try. You can always well, send me a Neo and try it out. <laughs> well, if you're if you're gonna come to OHB this year, um, I'll let you take a pull on one of mine to see how you like it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. We'll see. I don't know if I'll actually be able to make it this year just because uh, there's a lot of things going on in my life, but um, we'll get into that a little later. So what got you interested in a hobby, you know, four or five years ago? Like, how did you come, you know, come upon this hobby? Well, I um, I used to date a guy who owned a helicopter, a full-scale helicopter, oh. and he taught, me, he taught me how to fly it. Oh, really? It was, wow. Yeah, it was a Bell 206 Jet Ranger. Ooh. And uh, so after we broke up, I wanted to f- still fly helicopters, but obviously couldn't afford to even put <laughs> fuel in one, much less rent one and, right. you know, and, and all that. So and pay an instructor to go up with me. Uh, so I was on YouTube one one afternoon watching videos of helicopters flying and saying, oh, my God, I wish I was up there. And uh, my search word keyed up a, a video of Nick Maxwell mm. uh, just just beaten down this uh, Raptor yeah. uh, helicopter. And I was like, oh, wow, look at this, radio-controlled helicopters. And I was like, I got to learn how to, I got to find this. I got to learn this magic. And uh, so I, I, you know, went online and uh, Googled uh, radio-controlled helicopters, and I ended up finding, you know, the fixed pitch, the, uh, the what is that, the uh, Wakara uh, U-Fly S. 
got one yeah. of those and uh, flew that for a little while and mm-hmm. then ended up with the uh, Eraser 450. And, uh, and then eventually, after a few months of uh, fighting with that, I got a TRX 500 ESP, and that was my first kit build. Put that together, figured out how to, how to uh, set it up. Now, uh, I had no help. At all, I was just going to ask you. I was doing, I was doing this all on my own, and it was wow. definitely hard. Yeah. And uh, but I, but I did it, and I, and I learned how to hover. Got, got to where I was actually moving the helicopter around the backyard, and mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah, this is going to get dangerous really fast. So yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I ended up uh, joining him AMA, and I found. A uh, local club out here in in Avon Park, not too far from me, uh, called Avon Park Era Modelers, mm-hmm. and that was the first club I ever joined. And I went out there, and uh, so I was a member of that club for uh, a few years, and then I moved out to the bigger club out here in Sebring, and uh, we've got a, a big, a lot bigger field. It's like eighty acres of un- unobstructed flying. It's wow. just beautiful out there, and and it just it progressed from there, and. Uh, I never dreamed in a million years that I'd have gone this far in the hobby, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm enjoying every second of it. It's just been awesome. Oh, that's awesome. great. Yeah. I feel like this question is very out of place. <laughs> it's like, how'd you get interested in the hobby? Okay, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> like, uh, huh? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what do you do for a living? I am an aircraft welder. I, uh, I go to work every day and uh, build airplanes. Wow. So do you like weld repairs or do you weld like creating new, you know, building new airplanes? Like what's that kind of involved? Every once in a while we'll get someone who will bring in a uh, part that's been damaged or, or something that has stress cracks in it and I'll have to repair it for them. But my main uh, job is uh, manufacturing parts for our airplane, which is the uh, Lockwood Air Cam. Uh, it's Sweet. yeah, and uh, so I I build all the parts that are that are welded in that air, aircraft. I I build them. I, I'll machine the parts. Uh, I'll fabricate the parts, machine them, and then take them over to the welding shop and put them in the uh, fixtures and and weld them up. Damn, huh. is is this is the Lockwood Aircam? Is that considered like a? Because I'm just googled it real quick and I see it's like a pusher type plane. And um, is that kind of considered not like an ultralight, but kind of like a lightweight aircraft? It's classified as experimental. Oh, okay. And it is a twin pusher with uh, two um, uh, Rotax IS uh, 912 IS engines on there. Wow. And uh, they were originally designed for uh, National Geographic. Uh, They use them for flying over the the, uh, animals when they're filming them. And... uh, the reason that they wanted to use the air cam was because of the uh, the ability of the airplane to uh, fly slowly. Uh, okay. stall, speed, stall speed on that airplane is uh, only about 30, 35 miles an hour. Wow. And so they can, they can fly low and slow. And uh, since it's an open cockpit uh, aircraft, mm-hmm. the cameraman can, has full view of everything. And, and uh, they, can, they can do their filming from, from the, uh, the air cams. They're they're really uh, neat airplanes, actually. Wow! Yeah, nice. And I can see I see pictures of people putting floats on them and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they uh, we can uh, build them on floats or uh, on wheels. Mm-hmm. And a couple of guys uh, out in uh, where was this uh, 
uh, don't remember where they were now. Um, I want to say Argentina or or somewhere like that. They uh, where they have rough terrain to land on. They have uh, put tundra tires on them. Oh, nice! Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's cool. I wish I could work in the aero field there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I thought my job was kind of cool, but no way. Not compared to oh, that. It's, 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 so much, <laughs> it's so much fun to get up and go to work in the mornings. <laughs> That's awesome. That's now, are you, are, you a, are you a licensed pilot as well? Uh, no, no. Okay. I don't know if you actually you know, flew, flew the air cams too. Took them up. Uh, no. Uh-huh. I've been up in them a couple of times, but uh, no, I haven't uh, actually flown one of them yet. Back to helis, like what what kind of pilot would you uh, describe yourself as? Oh, I would say um, big air and uh, maybe advanced three D. Okay, cool. I really really prefer the three D. I like flying low and and hard. Yeah, like kind of like smack flying. No, I'm not really. I wouldn't be considered a smack pilot, okay. but I'm working towards it. Sure. <laughs> So do, do you ever get like people that come out to the club and and don't know who you are or don't know like what level of pilot you are and you know you talk to them and they're they're like yeah okay and then you go out and you like blow them away you're like oh it happens all the time does oh, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes it happens all the time yeah they they uh, um I was at, I was at a fun flight in 2012 uh, at um uh, here in Florida and uh, we were walking. Uh, from the uh, the pit area over to the helicopter uh, flight area, mm-hmm. and uh, my husband Aaron was carrying my transmitter, and I was carrying my helicopter. And this guy walks, you know, he's meeting us as we're walking, you know, by, and he says, "Oh, really cool! You got a uh, got a young lady to carry your helicopter for you." <laughs> and uh, he just kind of looked at him and says, uh, "That's her helicopter," <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And uh, so then he had to come down there and watch me fly after that. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah. You should have been like, no, nah, I got a young man to carry my transmitter for me. That's right. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's uh, every now and then, too, like I'll be out the, at the club, you know, and I'll get one of the airplane guys. They, they love to come out there and talk to you while you're flying. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, like they do with each other, and they don't understand that helicopters are a little bit different animal that yeah. you have to you have to concentrate while you're while you're flying. Mm-hmm. So when they do that to me, what I'll do, my favorite thing to do is um, I'll come up and and uh, do like a a big outside loop and come in inverted, mm-hmm. and then spin the helicopter back up right side up. And do an overspeed and pop it and lock it right in front of us about 15 or 20 feet out. Uh-huh. And that usually sends them back to the pit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah you're right, like- though. You know, you, just, you can't really. Some people, they can talk. You can talk to while they're flying. Uh, but yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, it even depends on uh, what flight it is during the day, too. And they're like, yeah. when mm-hmm. I first get there, there's a couple of times where I'm like, all right, but if, if I'm just out, you know, Doing, doing some casual flying. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can talk to you, but I've noticed. Yeah, sometimes you really got to concentrate. <laughs> but I can, I can talk while I'm flying. I can even when I'm doing 3D. I can, I can talk, but I just, I don't like to. 
I, right. I, I'd much rather just concentrate on what I'm doing and, mm-hmm. you know, try to stay a move or two ahead of the helicopter. Right. You yeah. know, because when you, when you start getting behind the helicopter, that's when you, you know, you, you get, you know, careless or you just yeah, lose sloppy. track, you're sloppy, and then mm-hmm. next thing you know, the helicopter's, you know, taking a dirt nap and... Or, and it, that's when it costs you money. Yeah, or yeah, I never had that happen. Oh, thank goodness. That's Kevin's uh, patented move. <laughs> I had that happen. Uh, I had to save one uh, a couple of months ago at the field. A friend of mine. I won't say any names because I don't want to embarrass them or anything. But mm-hmm. um, we were out there flying, and this person uh, lost control of the helicopter, and it. And thankfully, we were the only three out there. But it went up. Um, up behind the flight line and uh the person hit the the bailout button on the uh the demon uh mm-hmm. 3sx and uh, the helicopter leveled out and started climbing and uh the person started hollering you know help I've, I've lost the helicopter and i ran out there real quick and i grabbed the transmitter i said where is it where is it and they pointed there it is right there and i could see it uh-huh. and uh, so i hit the button again and got it leveled back out and then let go of the button and flew it back over to the uh, flight line and I landed it. Went out there, we unplugged it and uh, and uh, that was uh, that was kind of a scare, you know. I, I was gl- I'm glad that for one that we were the only three out there. Yeah. And and I'm also glad that nothing nothing bad happened. But right. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad and I'm also glad I could uh, could have could be there to to help save the helicopter too. Yeah, you know, save the was day. Uh huh. Yeah, Goblin three eighty. You know, it would have been a pretty expensive crash if it would have gone in into the ground under power like that. So Ooh, yeah, wow. Yeah, it all worked out, uh, and uh, yeah, we kind of kept it to ourselves and didn't let any of the club members know about <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, but yeah. <laughs> it was a little little scary there for a minute. For sure, I bet. Uh- You've been flying for four or five years, you know, you're sponsored, you're, you're, you know, I would say you're, you're pretty, you know, you're very experienced pilot, uh, behind the sticks. Uh, what kind of new tricks do you, you know, are you working on? Like, how do you develop your routine or develop tricks that, you know, you want to try? I, uh, I, I developed the, the new stuff that I'm working on, on, on the simulator. I use Real Flight 7.5 and, I uh, I get on the simulator, spend hours and hours and hours practicing on that before I try anything on the helicopter, and then that's when the the TSA six hundred comes in. I'll use mm-hmm. that for the kind of the sacrificial lamb. So if it goes in, it's like, eh, okay, you know, I, I mm-hmm. can I can fix you later. Um, right now, um, I'm working on trying to uh, to get Piro TikToks down. Ooh, nice! Wow. Yeah, they're freaking hard oh I, my god i can't even understand how you would do them like it just it, doesn't make sense to me it is hard i thought learning how to pyro flip was hard mm-hmm. no no pyro tiktoks are way harder than that yeah. it's, it's, it's a, that just it's like it just drops right because you're you're basically knife edge the whole time mm-hmm. so, and uh, and and the stir is kind of it's really weird you oh. know, it's not a round stir. It's almost a square type stir. Oh. And uh, it's just, it's it's weird. I, I, there's no way I'd even attempt them right now with the helicopter. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's even, you know, in the simulator, it's like I can only get about maybe maybe two full pyros and then I'm in the dirt. 
you know, <laughs> wow. and uh, yeah, so there, it's going to take a while to get to get that done. Huh. But, and, uh, and I feel like, is there a way to break down that move? You know, like with a, a pyro flip, right? You could kind of do, you, you know, can, go like, inverted and then just wait, balance it out, like level it out. Then you go back, invert it, and do your half, other half pyro flip. Like, I, I can't well, understand how you would break that move down. I, you know, I, I can't figure out a way to do it either. I tried just, you know, doing, uh, you know, starting with nose down and then going, you know, left side and then mm-hmm. and then you know tail down and then right side you know but you know that works but it, you know once you start trying to do that stir it yeah. just all that goes out the window and it's like you know i i do like like i said maybe yeah. one or two full pyros and then i get scatterbrained and then the helicopters you know in yeah. pieces on the ground <laughs> and uh wow. yeah so yeah it's gonna be a long time before i bring that trick out to the field mm-hmm Wow. So, I mean, besides the pure TikToks, like, was there any other tricks that you uh, struggled with? And then, like, how did you kind of overcome them? Like, you know, was it just a lot of practicing? Or was it a certain moment where you're, you know, say, doing a move and it just kind of, wait a minute, that worked. It clicked, like, you know. Yeah, the only other trick that, or maneuver that I've actually struggled with was the pure flip. And, mm. uh and it was just hours and hours and hours and hours on end of practicing on the simulator. And then just, um, and I really never did get it dialed in on the simulator. Mm-hmm. And, but I was able to, to bail out of it easily. So I was like, I was at the field one, one morning. And I was like, you know, it's now or never. It's just a helicopter and I can fix it if I break it. So here we go. And I took the X7 up and, uh, and I tried it with the X7, and uh, believe it or not, it's e- actually easier with the helicopter than it is with the simulator. And uh, mm-hmm. and the first few times, it was really ugly, and I had to bail out. But then after about the 10th or 12th time I tried it, it was just my thumbs and my mind got on the same page, and it was like, oh, there, there you go. That's yeah. how you do it. And uh, so then I was able to, to, to do it after that. Nice. But those Pyro TikToks, those are just kicking my butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the Pyro flips weren't, I mean, to do like simple ones, I guess. I mean, how many rotations do you normally do when you do your Pyro flips? Do you get usually, two rotation? Usually one. I okay. haven't moved up to doing two yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the hardest part of the Pyro flips were that the... Um, the timing, like how fast you spin the tail determines how fast you stir it. How fast you stir it, exactly. Right. And that trying to get that like to click in your head because you're basically thinking about two different things at the same time. And I can't play the piano. I can't do one thing on one hand, one thing on the other. <laughs> exactly, yeah, but, it's, uh, it's hard. And, uh, but once, it, once your mind and your thumbs finally get on the same mm-hmm. page, it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, it's just – and then you just start doing it. And – um it's a lot harder with a smaller helicopter too. Mm-hmm. You know, the bigger the helicopter, the easier it is because the uh, the more hang time the helicopter is, more stable it has. It is, yeah. and yeah. So it it uh, I didn't want to try it with the seven hundred because obviously you know you put a seven hundred in, you you see dollar signs flying away. Sure. <laughs> and uh, but uh, it's actually easier with the se- and seven hundred, uh, and it's actually uh, even easier with the nitro. Oh really. Yeah, the, oh, the nitro. Lighter, I guess, right? 
Uh, well, it's lighter. It's just it's just got a um, a different disc loading, mm-hmm. and uh, it just. It's just uh, to me, nitro is just smoother and not as nervous feeling as the uh, the electrics are, and I just feel more connected to the nitro machines than I do with my electrics. Nice. Definitely prefer nitro over electric. You know, I'll go out there and and uh, and vaporize two two gallons a weekend with the nitro, and sometimes won't even touch the electric. Wow, Kevin and I have never flown a nitro. Wow. <laughs> oh, really? Nitro wow. Heavy, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, we hear it, you know, we hear all the, the benefits and then, you know, and then I think a couple of the um, the cons of it of like, it's messy and dirty and, you know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to try and I really wanted to get the black nitro, but I bought a logo instead, so. I don't know if it yeah. would be more beneficial to start with a plane or a helicopter when you're starting with the, with your first nitro. I don't know if. I would well, say my- a plane. I mean, because you could death stick land a plane a lot easier than learning to auto rotate if you've never learned how to do it. You know. Well, flying yeah. a nitro helicopter, you're going to learn how to auto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not. It's not a question of if that engine is going to shut off. It's uh-huh. just when. You know, you might blow yeah. a glow plug. You might do what I did a couple of times and just be in the zone and enjoying your helicopter so much and just run it out of fuel. Right. All right. I, I've done that. I've done that twice. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of nitro burnouts when, especially in the beginning of a, when you're after you break in a motor, you still need to like tune it, and during a tuning process, you do a couple of heavy maneuvers and you're stressing the engine. I've seen, you know, you get a, a burnout and just. Oh, there it comes. It's got a yeah. Had that happen a few times too. And most of my flame outs though, believe it or not, happen when I'm inverted. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't understand that. It's like the heli gods are saying, We're gonna test you today. <laughs> yeah. You know? wow. And I had one one flame out when I uh I had just bought my uh, first YS engine. It was a uh a YS sixty SR that I that I put in the uh, the 600 in that I have now, and I I was breaking it in, and uh, again here I was being stupid, you know I got bored with just flying it around, sport flying it and mm-hmm. everything, you know. So I got to break this thing in, and I gotta I gotta be easy on it. So I I do a half pyro into into inverted, and uh, I go you know I'm down by the edge of the field, you know by myself down there by the high grass, and I start. I start trimming the grass with the blade, <laughs> nice. you know, just, just, you know, having fun. I, I'm figured, mm-hmm. you know, I can't hammer on this thing yet. I might as well just at least have a little fun. Yeah. So I, I do a half pair of flip into inverted and I'm down there just trimming the flowers off the top of the weeds and stuff. And, you know, about, I don't know, maybe a foot and a half off the ground. And the, the engine's sitting there, it's purring like a kitten, it's sounding good. And next thing you know, it goes, it coughed one time, it goes, it goes, ear. <laughs> Uh oh. And it's like, oh man. So as soon as I heard it cough, I knew it was gonna shut off. So I just I started flipping it right then Mm -hmm. and it shut off while it was knife edge and I flipped it on over and and landed it and walked out there and you know, ran the needles in a couple about three clicks, started it back up and just went right back to what I was doing. Oh awesome. But yeah, it's like every time I every time I have a flame out it's usually the helicopter is inverted and I have to you know, flip it over and auto it down and 
Yeah, you get right. you get used to autoing and get good at it real fast flying flying nitro. So were you flying electrics for a while and then was like, hey, I'd like to get a nitro. I'll just get one. Yeah, I was I was flying the. Uh, I had uh, by the time I ended up getting the nitro, it was uh, I was. Uh, at uh, OHB one year, my first year at OHB, I wasn't there as a pilot. I just went there to to watch, and um, uh, I was I was flying a TRX 450 and a TRX 500 at the time, and uh, I had sent, uh, converted the uh, the TRX 500 to fly barless at the, at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was out there walking around, and this guy named Demetric walks up to me and starts talking and asking me. Uh, you know what? I, how I was like in the helicopter, you know, event and all. It's like, yeah, I was. I wish I. I, I told him I was like, I'm enjoying it. It's really nice. I wish I'd have gone ahead and registered so I could fly. And he's, oh, you fly? I'm like, yeah, I sure do. And uh, he had a, a Synergy N5 airframe that he was trying to sell. Okay. And uh, I, he asked me if I wanted to buy it, and I was like, well, what do you want for it? And he says. Uh, he says, uh, well, I'm asking three, he says, but I'll sell it to you if you can prove that you fly. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know what? Follow me. And I took him back over to my truck, and I opened the door, and I said, look at that. And uh, he says, those are yours? And I said, I, they sure are. And, um, and I, I took one of them out of the out of the truck and spooled it up and and flew it around a little bit, you know, which I probably shouldn't have done because I wasn't registered. Oh, and okay. uh, and he says, "All right, two fifty, here you go." And uh, so I bought it, brought it home, and it sat on the shelf above my desk for about three months. And I one day I was looking at it and I said, "You know, I got to get you flying." So that weekend my husband and i drove up to orlando to uh, graves rc hobbies mm-hmm. oh, and okay. i i went in there with a shopping list and and uh, walked into the helicopter room and i said i need this i need this i need this i need this and i just started going down the list and um dropped a big wad of money on the counter that day oh, and, I but I bought, I bought everything to make that helicopter fly and uh got it all put together and set up and uh, fell in love with nitro from that point. Nice. Awesome. So when you bought it, it was just an airframe, or did it, it was come with a? Ju- it was just the airframe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta try t- and make it to uh, Graves one of these times. My mother lives in, in Leesburg, so I've been down, and I think I've I've looked that place up, but haven't taken a ride to it yet. That pl- that place is dangerous to your bank account. Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't walk in. I can't go in there without spending a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, when you were saying that, you know, you here to come follow me to the car. <laughs> I don't know. Just for some reason, the jokes for me was like, oh, "How funny it'd be if you're like, check out these helis, and it's like a Walkera, and you're you raise it like." <laughs> no, no. I had I had the T Rex helicopters right. at that point, and um, and I was actually getting pretty proficient in my flying. And, um, but yeah, when he saw those and, and he saw me hover the, the, uh, 450 out there, he says, all right, 250, here you go. I handed him 250 cash and I put the helicopter in the truck and, um, and that was the start. And, and, and now, and yeah, it's, it's, it's all history now, you know, and I still have that airframe today. Oh, do you? I do. It's hanging on the wall in my hobby room. 
I'll okay. never get never get rid of it because that was my first nitro machine. Nice. Nice. I guess that's the way to do it. You know, get something used to see if you like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I flew the snot out of that helicopter, too. I flew it for a long time. And uh, people were thinking that I was sponsored by Synergy, which I never was, because every time you saw me at a, at a major event, uh, I was hanging out with Matt and Amy and, mm-hmm. and uh, wearing a Synergy shirt and flying Synergy helicopters. And uh, everybody thought I was, uh, and I was flying rail blades at the time, too, so everybody right. thought I was flying for, for Matt and Amy, and, uh, which, which I never did. I never flew for them. But I was just, they're my friends, and I was, I liked their helicopters, and I was supporting them. Awesome. Nice. I kind of want to ask this for, you know, for most helipilots, like, you know, what what pilot do you look up to? Do you get inspiration from, or like a muse, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to say G.C. Zankel. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he's just a phenomenal pilot. Uh, he He's... And he's a collective management wizard. I mean, this guy is just, he is so good with collective management. He's so smooth and technical, but he can also lay down the smack, too. And uh, and he's just, he's got a, an awesome personality, and he's just an all-around, just just wonderful person. And, yeah, I just, I just look up to him a lot. Nice. Oh, nice. Not Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Yeah, well, I know Kyle, you know, but uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't get to speak with him a whole lot. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. also he's also a fantastic person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Do you um, do any competition stuff? Competition flying or? Uh, no, there's really not a whole lot of competition uh, going on here anyway, except uh, the F three C stuff and. Mm-hmm. I'm not too much into that. I'd, I'd rather do 3D. Yeah. I do. I, I've tried some of the set maneuvers before. Those are hard. Those yeah. guys, much respect for those guys, what they're doing. It looks like they're just hovering, you know, and all, mm-hmm. but it is, it is extremely difficult to yeah. do that precise precision flying that those guys are doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's amazing how hard it is. Especially when you got a fifteen mile an hour wind and they're still hovering this thing like it's on on a laser. It's just right. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. I don't know how they do that. Yeah, they're just good. <laughs> they're just good. Yeah, a lot of practice. I'm sure. Lots and lots of practice. Where do you see yourself in the hobby in a couple of years? Um, I would actually like to uh, to to see my. My flying progressed to the point where I could maybe get uh, a, a full sponsorship with uh, with Gowie. Um, right now, I'm a field rep, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to see my uh, um, my flying progress to the point where I could maybe uh, get a, a factory position with them. And also, I'm I'm uh, going to go ahead and set up a uh, another helicopter, probably a a uh, an X five V two. So okay. that I can, so that I can uh, start buddy boxing people again, hmm. and uh, and and teaching people how to uh, to fly helicopters. We had a an RC expo here a few months ago at our local mall, and we had a big response over that, and a lot of interest in the helicopters. So I want to set up a um, 
a machine, a mid-sized machine like that that I mm-hmm. can that I can get people on the buddy box and you know and get them interested in helicopters, you know, and, and you know sink that hook and get them get them into the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, get them interested in the in the helicopters and uh, and that. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, where I see myself wanting to head. Nice, cool. I, I absolutely love helping people learn how to fly, and I and I like helping people with builds and setup and mm-hmm. and and all. I've uh, this year I've already built I think six helicopters and and set them up for people oh, and really? uh, test flown them and and all. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Nice, Kevin. You got any more questions? Um, have you ever done any kind of scale helicopter builds or flown any scale helicopters? Um. I've flown a couple, and, and I would really love to, to build one for myself. And if I did, um, I'm thinking it would be either a Hughes 500 or maybe an EC-135. Ooh, Eurocopters. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Eurocopters. Mm-hmm. Would you go with, like, 600 or 700 size? Or? Uh, 700, probably. Uh, yeah, once I got my first 700, that was it. You know, I don't like anything below a 600 now. Oh. Yeah. Except for my X3. My X3 is it's just awesome. Right. Would you put like a Gowie X7 in a fuse? I mean, hmm. Gowies are so narrow. It feels like you, know, you have so much room to play with in a fuselage, you know? Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be uh, uh, one of the options. Um, mm-hmm. for, a, for a scale build, I might use a T-Rex or something. Okay. But, um, you know, go with a little bit... Uh, you know, less expensive airframe for a, for a scale, but sure. Um, you know, but most of them are, you know, made for the wider frames too. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, I might be limited on my options with the, uh, with the narrow framed helicopters. Mm, yeah. But, um, if I was going to build one though, I think I'd want to build, uh, a turbine. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, get my turbine waiver and and build a turbine. I mean, especially if it was an EC one thirty five. You know, yeah, you'd, you'd have to. You just have to have turbine on that. You know, yeah. it kind of be sacrilegious not to <laughs> in, in that in that fuselage. Mm-hmm. You need a for a turbine. You need to get like a special permit or license yeah you gotta go through the ama and get a turbine waiver i mean i guess you wouldn't have to but to do it right right you you would i mean and i I would imagine that if if uh if i didn't have a turbine waiver they might not let me fly it at any of the ama fields Mm -hmm. you know which would kind of stink you know because i don't i don't fly anywhere but ama uh chartered Mm -hmm. fields you know yeah spending that kind of money on a turbine yeah and and, yeah and then not being able to fly it because i didn't get a turbine waiver yeah it would be it would be you know not so good but but yeah you know a scale build you know who knows maybe i might build one uh somewhere down the road but but right now my um my true love is uh 3d pod and boom helicopters and yeah, I just I just love them. Yeah, awesome. Oh, so yeah, let's talk about events. So, what are your like, you know, what are your top events that you go through? You know, go to every year. Well, the uh, my main ones uh, here in Florida would be uh, mm-hmm. Wattfest, mm-hmm. and then the um, uh, the uh, Fall Helicopter Classic, which is going to happen next month. Okay. The uh, Port St. Lucie Helicopter Smackdown, which is also 
also a really fun event to uh, to attend. Mm-hmm. Usually a very big turnout on that one. Um, and OHB. It, it's in November usually. It's the uh, the Port St. Lucie Helicopter Smackdown. Wow. It seems like most of the events in Florida are like later in fall and yeah, I mean, I guess it's really hot yeah. down there during the summer. Yeah, they, they plan it like that for the heat, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so uh, usually when our fun fly season comes around, everybody else is snowed in. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, so, you know, those are, those are the main ones. And then OHB, if I, if I miss OHB, I'll get lynched. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, I'll have all all the guys. They'll be they'll be coming over here and tying me up and dragging me to the field, you know. So I, I can't miss that one at all. <clears throat> and then Urcha, <clears throat> I didn't get to go to Urcha this year yeah. or last year because of uh, uh, the new job and and uh, not having enough time saved up to get off to go. But right. uh, uh, yeah, this this uh, coming Urcha. Uh, 2017 i'll definitely be there if i have to walk i'll be there <laughs> you know so i'm definitely going uh to to urcha 2017 how, how far is the drive for tomorrow? oh it's about uh 21 hours wow oh wow that's a haul i usually drive it straight through you drive it straight through too wow you're like my fiance. She can drive for hours and hours and hours. I'm like five hours and I'm like I need I need those uh those things that were in clockwork orange to keep your eyes open. You know, like, <laughs> like, I'm just like I can't do this. I gotta pull over. I can't do this. Yeah, my well see, my, my original plan like in two thousand thirteen, you know, when I when I went to Urchin, my original plan was to drive halfway and then stop for a hotel and then drive on in. And I was just so pumped. Yeah. To get to Urcha that I before I knew it I was pulling into the AMA headquarters I'm like right. oh wow <laughs> I'm here okay and it was and it was like ten o'clock at night you know so right. I had no idea where to go so I just pitched my tent right there next to the AMA headquarters building and just went to sleep nice <laughs> next next morning I got up through the tent in the back of the truck mm-hmm. and drove on to the field and set the tent back up you know at my camping right. area and. And I was good to go, you know. But yeah, I, I'll drive all the way through. It's no big deal. Wow. Yeah, I've done Daytona Beach from Jersey, and that's eighteen hours. That's mm-hmm. I usually leave at midnight. I'll get down there at six p.m. That's a little rough. Yeah. Can't imagine doing like twenty-one, man. I mean, right. it's it's not so bad, you know. I just put on the music and and uh, and just drive, you know. Yeah. Now, but does does that end up like kind of? Putting a, I mean, I guess on the way down there, you're so excited, and you know, even though you probably got like really not much sleep or not enough sleep to recoup something like 20 hour drive, but um, but then the next day, like, are you like, oh, I guess you know, I guess the excitement kind of pushes you through it. The the next day, yeah. um, after I got up and and uh, got everything situated, mm-hmm. uh, by the time I got the tent set up and got my my uh, pit and and all that set up. It was probably about seven thirty eight ish in the morning. Oh, wow. I uh, I charged up some packs and took the the T Rex five fifty that I brought with me mm-hmm. out to the flight line and started started flying. Awesome! Wow! Yeah, and uh, yeah, I can I can run all day on about two hours of sleep. Wow. Jeez! 
<laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm too old for that. <laughs> too too old. Yeah. Nah, you're just you're still a puppy, man. You can't. You, what are you like? You're in your your twenties or something? No, no, I'm I'm in my late thirties. Late thirty? You're still yeah. a puppy, man. I'm way older than you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm 51. Are you now? Yeah. Nice. And you're still killing with the helis. That's awesome. You. Oh yeah. You're yeah. killing I me. Still, I, I. I can't do two hours of sleep. I'm gonna be 50. <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah. I. Uh, I get up every morning and uh, do my exercises and and do my run before my husband gets out of bed. I'm done with my run before he even knows I was there, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing that since I was about 15. It keeps me young. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious, how long have you been a, a you know, a field rep for Gowie? Um, I, I signed on with Gowie at OHB last year in December. Oh, I'm just curious, uh, did they come up to you? Did you kind of like... Hint at uh, it or uh, JC actually approached me. Oh, okay. And I was still flying for TSA model at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, things were kind of slowing down with TSA. Um, There's there's really no U.S. based team anymore, and you know parts were starting to get a little bit hard to find. And and Experience RC dropped TSA, and they had all my my pilot information and it was getting hard for me to get as a field rep for TSA to get parts. And it was really frustrating because I was afraid to fly my helicopters because if I crashed them, I couldn't fix them. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, I was walking through the, uh, the pit area uh, at OHB last year. And uh, I saw JC said sitting in the, uh, in the gallery tent and I, I waved at him and said, hey, hey, JC, how you doing? And uh, he came out of the tent and says, Gina, come here a minute. Let me talk to you. And uh, he comes over and he puts his arm around my shoulder and he says uh, says to me, uh, how, how attached are you to those TSA helicopters? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, then I explained to him the situation. And he says, well, if you're, you're looking for a change, uh, you know, uh, Gowie's interested in offering you a position. Wow. And I was like, really? And uh, so I went and talked to him for a little while. And mm-hmm. um, at the end of the conversation, I said, sign me up. And uh, so that was uh, that was the start. I uh, got a hold of Nigel and let him know that I was stepping down. Mm-hmm. And, and then JC uh, uh, posted on Facebook welcoming me, uh, welcoming me to, uh, to the Gowie family. Awesome. And, and it's it's awesome. It really is awesome. You know, at the events, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by Gowie uh, team members, and mm-hmm. it just makes it a lot more fun now, that, uh, not being the only one wearing the uniform. Right. And uh, right. yeah, so it's it's just it's uh it's it was a good move, I think. That's and awesome. I'm I'm really enjoying the helicopters. They they fly really really nicely, and um, they're just. Uh, I the they take a crash very very well the uh, the X3 I, I stuffed it and uh, didn't do any damage hardly to it at all so but yeah I'm just having a great time with the hobby even if I wasn't mm-hmm. sponsored you know I just I enjoy the hobby I enjoy helping people yeah uh, with setup problems help helping them uh, with uh, builds and and uh, even getting them on Buddy Box and teach them how to fly and 
um, if I see somebody at the at a fun fly who who's uh, struggling with uh, you know wanting to fly but being kind of you know apprehensive or, or too nervous to go out and fly in front of everybody mm-hmm. i'll tell them you know get your get your helicopter and your transmitter i'll spot for you come on let's go fly yeah and and i'll take them out there and fly with them you know let them spot for me and i'll spot for them and you know try to get them out of the shell a little bit you know and and it's all about the people for me you know mm-hmm. not yeah. necessarily you know the flying or or the sponsors or anything like right. that you know it's it's about the people and helping and, and yeah. doing doing what i can and if I can't answer the question, I'll uh, I'll find someone who who can, mm-hmm. and uh, and get that person pointed in in the right direction. You know. Yep. Has Gowie uh, has Gowie let you try the GX nine? You know, I've never even seen one in person yet. Um, Wait, what is this GX nine? It looks it's like a, a it's a big helicopter. It's it's, it's made for. It's made for uh, camera, uh, you know, aerial photography, and and stuff like that, like a UA, UAS uh, uh, type, okay. of, type of of setup. Um, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to 3D it, but it would be awesome to be able to just fly one of them. Yeah, it says it's a four stroke gas motor. So yeah, yeah it's probably, CC, uh, it looks like wow. It's like an 800 millimeter blades. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say it's either an 800 or 900 millimeter. It's a big machine. Whoa, whoa. 73 minute flight dive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I would run out of talent way before that thing ran out of fuel. Yeah. I mean, the way it looks, it does look like, I mean, it's definitely an aerial um, photography type of platform. It it's got, got the yeah, wide skids and. Uh huh. The- yeah, that's exactly what they designed it for, and uh, I've seen videos uh, of them using them over um, over there where where they're built, uh, mm-hmm. using them for a crop dusting application. Oh, cool! Put little little now that would be a fun job to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. little FPV camera and do some crop dusting, mm-hmm. and just go out there and do some crop dusting with my uh, radio controlled helicopter. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, wow. it says two main tanks, and mm-hmm. uh, you can add additional tanks to get 70 minutes out, out of it. Well, no, it says uh, 73 minutes flight time with using 1,200cc. An additional 1,000cc tank can be mounted to easily achieve over two hours of flight time. Oh, okay. Could you imagine flying for two hours? No. <laughs> I would you're, just put that in GPS mode and be like, okay, I need to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. your, your thumbs would be ready to fall yeah. off. Yeah. I would have arthritis in my fingertips. <laughs> I'm stressed out at five minutes. Yeah, five <laughs> minutes. I mean, wow. Most Most of my flights are like three... I get maybe four and a half minutes on the Goblin Seven Hundred, and I'm really? just like, wow. yeah. I mean, because I, I, I'm a I'm a head speed junkie. I kind of I run them at like the highest I can run them without killing my motor or you know throwing timing or something. So, but um, yeah, like I don't know. I couldn't sit there for even ten minutes. So like that's one of the things about nitros that kind of scare me is like. I mean, I guess you can land whenever you feel like it, but sure, yeah. if you wanted to run the whole tank of, you know, some people do 15-minute <laughs> flights, 18-minute flights on these, especially the gassers. I mean. <laughs> yeah, my, my TSA 600 with the, um, with the uh, YS-60SR and, and a 650cc uh, tank, 
Uh, I'm getting almost 16 minutes out of that helicopter. Wow. Yeah, wow. in idle, too. Mm-hmm. Wow. What kind of head speeds is that running at idle, too? I'm only pushing it at about maybe 2,200. Okay. Yeah, something around there. I'm... I don't. I don't run my head speeds up really high. You know the. Um, I don't. You know you don't need it really. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, the helicopter flies a lot smoother with the with these slower head speeds too, and you and you get longer flight times. So you're more of a, a low head speed type of pilot. Um, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I do have on the uh, the X seven. I do have idle two set up to uh, to run about twenty two eighty. Okay. And uh, but I don't fly in in idle two very often. I stay in idle one, which is about about twenty one fifty ish, and uh, it's it flies really really well there. Um, what size blades do you use for twenty one fifty? I got on the X seven. It yeah. I like the way it feels with six uh, nineties. Okay. I've got the I got the six nineties Zeal Energy blades on that. And then on the NX7, I've got uh, 700 millimeter uh, energy Zeal energy blades on that, and it, it feels feels really good. I've also ran uh, 710s on okay. both of them, but I I can thermal shut down the uh, the ESC with, with the 710s on the X7. So mm. you know the it just loads up too hard, and you know I'll uh, I'll shut the ESC down. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I like the six nineties on the X seven, and uh, and the uh, the NX seven the the seven hundred seem to to feel the best. Okay, yeah, I've I've, I've settled for seven ten Zeo energies on the Goblin seven, and I like them. I run at about twenty one twenty one fifty on idle two, and it just hangs forever it feels good i get you know i used i used to run 400% like i didn't even used to run governors so i would be like 3 minute flight times and my 5000 you know 12 s packs were done but now i get about 4 4 and a half minutes even the other day i, I flew for 5 minutes before my uh v control was telling me i was down to you know 20% remaining on the pack Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the 710s a lot especially for that heli because i think you know the goblins are a little bit more on the heavier side, I guess, you know, especially the old 700 competition compared to, like, the newer, you know, Black Thunder 700s or 650s. But, exactly, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a little on the chunky side, mm-hmm. so, the, yeah, the larger, the 710s would be a great choice for that machine. Yeah, yeah, so when I, I, I did a quick little kind of blade comparison where I went from a couple of 690 different blades, like the SAB, uh, Switch, and I th- what was the other blades? You had VTX blades, didn't you? I, I not not the VTX uh, the Zeal VLS seven hundreds I tried those that I got to shut down on my motor and had to auto and then yeah and then the Zeal seven ten energies and I thought like you know the Zeals I I do feel like when I tried I tried the six ninety three or six ninety sevens um, VTX blades at Chris's Funfly recently mm-hmm. and those felt really good even for the the heavier you know. This loading that the goblins, I guess, the seven hundred has, that that felt really snappy and responsive and great um, compared to the zeals. But the floatiness, I mean, it's just like I do my pyro flips and I, 
I basically don't even give negative anymore because I just pop positive to just kind of get that little jump, flip it, mm-hmm. and I don't really give that much negative, like if any at all, um, to get the the other half period done. So it's it's awesome how floaty that that heli can be now. Oh, the, those the seven tens are are really great blades. Uh, like I said, I I like them. Mm-hmm. I run them on the on the helicopters every once in a while, but. For doing uh, the harder 3D maneuvers, yeah, I definitely like the 690s on the electric and uh, and the 700s on the, uh, the NX7. But for doing autos and yeah. you know, just playing around, the 710s are awesome. Do you do really high autos? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, take, yeah. take it up. You know, <laughs> three, uh, 300, 400 feet, shut her down. Mm-hmm. Bring it in, yeah. I'm working on inverted autos now too. Oh, nice. Steve does them with his uh, oxy. <laughs> yeah, I do. Them, I, I do them with the X3. Yeah, a, a, a little X3 floats like a feather on autos. Really? You know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. What size blades do the X3 run? Are they like three twenty five, three hundred? I got I got three sixties on mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, three sixty Zeal Energy, and uh, yeah, it floats like a little feather. And uh, the the way I found out that it that it autos was by accident. Actually, oh, I was yeah. out. Yeah, I was out at the local club flying, and I was flying it, just having a great time. And in my uh, uh, the MUI sensor for the jetty says, you know, it's time to land. Uh-huh. You know, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was uh, I was up, you know, a couple hundred feet. I was doing some big air air stuff with it, and. Uh, when it, when uh, Miss Jetty told me it was time to land, I was like, "Okay, click throttle hold." On. Oh no, oh, I'm, I'm, fly, I'm flying the you know the the X3, and uh, I don't have uh, auto rotation bailout set up on any of my electric helicopters. Uh, you know, when I when I click throttle hold, I'm landing. I'm not gonna bail out. I'm I'm committing. You're committing. And I oh. I hit throttle hold, and it's like, oh, this is gonna be bad. And uh, so I gave it a little negative pitch, and and it and it was floating down. I was like, nah. So I <laughs> I brought it in and just kind of floated it down, and landed it right in front of me. And and my friend, who was actually one of my sponsors, he's he's my sponsor with uh, Charity RC. He says, mm-hmm. was that an auto? And I, I said, yeah, it was. He says, do it again. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I got enough battery capacity to do an auto. So I took it back yeah. up a couple, couple hundred feet, shut it off, and did it again. And like, wow. So the next two pa- battery packs, I spent doing nothing but autos nice. with it, you know, and uh, just having a great time, you know, coming in, doing sliding autos and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of neat, you know, variations. And so now I've I've been practicing inverted autos with it and. You know, don't get too close to the ground yet. I just, I come in inverted until I'm about maybe 50 feet off the ground. Then I'll just go ahead and roll it in, you know, over and, and uh, bring it in and land it, you know. But, yeah, okay. it's, it's uh, eventually I get, get to the point where I can come in inverted and do the little overspeed and pop her around with the 700 and land that. Nice, so, a little half pure out of it. <laughs> half, a little half pure out of it and, you know, land uh-huh. and, uh. For some reason, I always like to land side in. Yeah, yeah. I like to when I'm when I'm autoing, or even when I'm just landing. I like to land side in for some reason. I've been doing more of that actually, landing yeah. side in. It's just a and taking off side in, but uh, it's usually the left side is facing me. <laughs> it's usually mm-hmm. never the right side. It's funny. I'll I'll take off and land in in whatever position you know the. 
I, I can land, you know, both sides in, nose in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, a lot of times my spotter's out at, out at the field, you know, or at, at the fun flights, I mean, uh, you know, your spotter will take the helicopter out there and set it down for you. They don't care. They just set it down. Right. And uh, so I just, you know, I don't want to, you know, look like, you know, uh, a wimp or something, you know, to them. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you, you set it down nose in. Okay, let's go. We're taking off nose in. Mm-hmm. Right. you know and yeah you know. i still gotta work on that because i mean i feel like i could take off nose inside inside like that doesn't bother me because sometimes you know at, at our field we have like a geotextile runway and the helicopter will spin a little as it pulls up um mm-hmm. but usually i'm i'm kind of like i'm standing like the, the the helicopter is tail in but i'm standing to the right of it so i'm mm-hmm. seeing the right side of the heli and i take off and um, but landing, I I'm like eh, I don't know. <laughs> I could do side ins, but I I just nose in. I'm just like I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to have a boom strike, especially for goblin. No, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can understand that. You know, it took me a a while to to get the confidence to land nose in. Um, I do it. I do it when I do auto rotation uh, contests. You know, I try to do that to get more points. You sure. know. But okay. uh, I'm going to use the uh, at OHB this coming uh, uh, OHB. I'm going to use the X3 for my for my auto rotation contest because you get you get extra points for the smaller helicopters and everybody walks out there with a 700. I'm going to walk out there with this little 300 size helicopter. And say okay, let's throw down. Ooh, I got to practice oh, the oxy fun. more. <laughs> yeah, uh. so I've got I got got it to the point where I can uh, I can land it where I want it. You know, on the auto, so I think I'm ready. Nice, nice, Kevin. When are you gonna try some autos? I do them now, but I only do them like a foot off the ground. <laughs> no, if no. you can, if you can do them a foot off the ground, you can do them from 200 feet off the ground. That last couple of feet is the hard part. Okay. Yeah, but what you do is set up a auto rotation bailout in your ESC. Take the helicopter up way high. Shut it down, auto it, get the feel for it. When you're about 100 feet off the ground, bail out of it and fly back up and do it again. And just yep. keep doing, just keep practicing that. And then as you get more comfortable, let the helicopter get a little bit lower to the ground each time until, you know, finally you're you're going ahead and, and landing it. Yeah, I don't think I'll have a problem landing it. It's, it's probably just more of the, the whole getting it in the right orientation as it's coming down. Yeah, and, and all that um, landing. I'm I'm usually pretty good with landing, and I know Chris did set up uh, that auto rotation bailout for me yeah. on the 570. And once you go Neo on that, then you could always use the motor idle to motor start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I mean, I, some people might say it's cheating or whatever, but just you're not truly cutting the motor off. But I mean, okay. the motor's barely really spinning. There's barely any juice going to it. So I feel like first start, it's not too bad and. You know, I've used it when the first time I learned, and I think you know, you, I, I don't know if you saw the video um, that Kevin did a Facebook live on, Gina. But um, I, I did. I saw that. Yeah, like I mean, the first, like I was bailing out, but I was bailing out maybe like 15 feet off the ground. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. even trying to get that high. I was just like, okay, this is not working. Okay, bail out, you know. And <laughs> and actually, last Sunday I did the same thing with the 700. Um, you know, being I I I don't believe in superstition so much, but I was like. Okay, my last flight. Let me just go up and fly, fly. And then I was like, all right, the wind's kind of all right. I'm just going to come in. 
and I, and it was you know I was coming in really well, but I couldn't spot I couldn't put the heli where I wanted to, so I bailed out and then just did a regular landing. So, um, well, yeah, it's it's better to do that and save the aircraft than to, you know, say sure. I got it when I, when you don't got it and mm-hmm. and drive it in you know on that last flight. Yeah. Now you now you got a repair bill on your hands. Right, you know, right. So. Especially I was flying at a field that I wasn't familiar. This is the first time flying there. And I, I don't know, I mean, Kevin or Eugenia, that like for me flying at a new field, it takes me a little while to really get used to the field, especially when it's not perfectly flat and level. And like basically I had like a I don't know, maybe like a forty feet wide, thirty feet. You know, maybe like 50 feet by 25 feet, um, kind of like landing area. Mm-hmm. And then the rest was all like kind of like downhill around there. So, oh boy, yeah, yeah. That, that would be, yeah, that would be a little intimidating, I think, yeah. for the first flight or two. But, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, usually after that, you know, at a new field, after about the second flight, I feel like I'm at home and yeah. I just go with it. Yeah. And, and, uh, I do, I fly better at, at events than I do at my home field, too. Um, I, I seem to fly better in front of a big crowd. Sure, really? I can see that, that, you know, the crowd excitement energy. Oh, yeah, of, it, it just know, gets me pumped up. up. Yeah. yeah, it gets me pumped up, and I'm ready to go. I want to show them what I can do, and and, uh, and I, I just I feel more nervous flying at my home field than I do at events. I, at events, I mean, flying the helicopter is, you know, no different than getting in my car and going down to the corner store, you know. I just I love I feed off the energy of the crowd and the, and all the spectators and, and it just awesome. I just feed off of that and and it just gives me the you know the 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 drive to want to go out there and fly. Awesome. I'm I'm the opposite. <laughs> like, oh, I think you got a little familiar. You're familiar with the club field that you're flying at. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Like for me, that that is you know. But I think it's all in your head, really. Oh, it's totally all in my head. But like, even flying at events, like even at Chris's event, I was, I was nervous flying there for like. Yeah, so yeah, I wasn't eighty percent of my flights. Really? Yeah, it's it's because. I mean, I know it's the kind of same thing. Like everyone's there, everyone's kind of nervous to fly in front of people if you haven't done it, a lot of it. Um, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. Like I don't want to crash it to someone or like just you know. And I've I've done that before. <laughs> You know, so I don't want to have a midair with someone else, you know, and I just felt like, I don't know, I'm kind of, I get nervous like with that because I don't know how far I am or if something goes wrong, you know, am I going to be able to recover? Um, so yeah, I get a little nervous in front of people and then it's like, am I being recorded? Is someone recording me? You know, like how uh-huh. many eyes are behind me looking at me flying? Like that kind of all runs through my head, but um, yeah, and and the reality of it is they're not. Yeah, you know, right. and it, and if they are, you know, you uh, think you know, remember this: if they are watching you, you know, they they've been, you know, at that level too. I mean, everybody. That's the that's the good thing about this this hobby is it everybody. I don't care who you are, Burt Cameron, um, you know. Bobby Watts, any of those, uh, any of the big name pro pilots, they all started at the same place that we started, you know, at the beginning, learning how to hover, you know, so nobody's going to be judging you at a fun fly. Yeah. Right. And, and um, That's my biggest, my biggest uh, thing to get over at fun flies was, was flying in the, in the box. Yeah. Well, that's, you, mm-hmm. that's what I was yeah, going to say, you, 
Yeah, you get out there at your local field and you've got the whole field exactly. to fly on. And then you go to an event and you've got a 100-foot box. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first couple of events, you know, that was kind of intimidating for me, you know, to, to do that because I wasn't used to keeping that helicopter, you know, constrained in that little area. Right. So what I did to get over that was I went to the store and bought me some little safety cones. Mm-hmm. And I put one right there where I was going to stand and then measured off 50 feet to the left and 50 feet to the right. And I practiced staying in that area. Nice. And and that helped me out a lot uh, to fly inside the box. And um, a lot of times I'd, I'd even measure off, you know, 30 feet to the left and 30 feet to the right to make the box even smaller. So that way when I get out to the to the event and I've got a hundred feet to fly in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got the whole field because it's such a bigger area that I've been, pra- than I've been practicing in. Right. Wow. And it, and it made a difference. It really helped me out with that. Um, as far as flying in front of the crowd, I've never, ever had an issue with that because I just, you know, I just love, I love to be out there flying in front of people. It just, it just, uh, I don't know why it just, it just, gives me energy mm-hmm. you know and, yeah. uh, and i noticed that um towards the end of that of chris's event i started definitely getting more comfortable with it and just like you know that's cool and cutting the grass you know like yeah that's feet. always fun <laughs> you know yeah and that's always a crowd pleaser i love it like that's why i think that's part of the reason why i like to do it so much and practice it because like you know, everyone's screaming lower, and and you get low, and you're cutting it, and you know, there's this one one time where I was uh, flying the uh, Oxy Three Turek, and I was basically cutting the grass and moving the heli towards me, like you know, towards my my left, and coming you know towards the runway, and I'm just like cutting, 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 and I popped it up, and everyone was like. How did you, like, we all thought you were going to dump it. We yeah. all thought it was going to go in. <laughs> that was insane. And, and, that's, and that's what most of them are wanting, too. You know, when they're sure. screaming lower, lower, right. lower, they want to they wanna see carnage. Yeah. You know, and it's like, huh? you know, it, you get your helicopter out here and go lower, man, you yeah, know. Exactly. Just ask me. I'll do it. Let's see your money get yard sailed all over the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. Well, that's what. That's uh-huh. what I noticed immediately at, at Chris's event was the the box, the small box. I'm like, oh, yes. now I got to fly in this little area. That was the only yeah. thing that really got me going. I mean, the the people watching, I was like, whatever. I, I if if I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get nervous when I got you know 20 people watching me fly a helicopter when I flew the the big 200% FT Mustang for the, yeah. like, the first time at Flight Fest with like a thousand people watching. Right. You know, if I don't, if I if I don't get nervous about that, then I think I'm good. Well, you're a rock star, so you're you're used to what people watching you. I'm a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> you you wanna you wanna talk about something that could make you nervous? Flying Uh-oh. center flying center stage at Urcha. Oh my god. I don't yeah, know. That, I'm not. That <laughs> was a blast. Oh my yeah. gosh, what an adrenaline rush that was. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> You know, when you got you got, you know, thousands of spectators behind yeah. you screaming and wanting you, you know, you know, watching you fly and everything. That was a blast. I had a, a really good time doing that. Yeah, I mean you got thousands of spectators, you got, you know, thousands of pilots, and you got the guy in the mic, the MC, you know, mm-hmm. calling things out and like you know, pushing the crowd, like getting the crowd louder. Oh, I could I could definitely see me like 
Oh crap. <laughs> yeah, but Steve, you but, and I yeah. aren't aren't at that level yet. True. You know? Very true. Yeah. Where we can and, like we would be nervous about flying there and Gina's at the level where she's pumped flying there. She's got Yeah, she feeds you know, off that right. The maneuver set where she can go up and do four minutes and I'm still trying to okay, I did that, I did that. Now what am I gonna do? You know, I know, I know. For the rest of the time. <laughs> I feel like I just do the same like three or four maneuvers, but I just you know. But it's cool. You know, as long as we're having fun, right? That's what it's all. That's exactly, exactly what it's about. Exactly. You know, and uh, RC helicopters have just been—it's it's just been a, a a world of pleasure for me. I just the, the you know the flying is great, but the people that I've met from all over the world, you know, is just phenomenal. You yeah. know, it just—I wouldn't—I wouldn't trade this experience for anything. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of part of the reason why, uh, first off, I asked you to come on the show. But the, these, you know, from, from the last episode to this one and the next couple episodes, it's it's really to just highlight people that are that in the hobby, that are making the hobby, you know, what it is. So I kind of wanted to um, get a group of like a series of episodes to do so to just because, I mean, it really is about the people, right? Like. We, you know the people in the hobby, you, I, Kevin. You know all the people, all our friends on Facebook and stuff. They're the ones who make this hobby what it is. And without that, like it would just be a bunch of manufacturers trying to sell shit. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know this is this is exactly why you know Kevin and I do this podcast to kind of share that experience and all the stuff that you know that we get so much fun out of, right? Enjoyment out of. And one thing that I've noticed about the uh, in the five years that I've been in the hobby, something I've noticed about the helicopter uh, people mm-hmm. is that we're like one gigantic family. Yeah, and we and everybody watches everybody's back. I can I can go to a fun fly right mm-hmm. and set up my pit and get all my stuff out, and then I can walk a half a mile down the the flight line and leave all of my stuff sitting right there on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, and I know that it's going to be there when I get back because everybody's watching it. Yeah. And if someone walks over to my table, someone, somebody, or, you know, somebody who no one knows, like a spectator or something, one of my friends is yeah. going to walk over there and say, "Hey, how you doing? Nice, nice helicopters, aren't they?" And just let them know, you know, I'm watching you. Sure. And uh, and if you need a part, if you crash your helicopter, oh yeah, and, and you and you don't have a part, you know, you got. 30 people running up, you know, coming right to your rescue. Here's your part. You know, what can mm-hmm. we do to help you to get this thing back in the air again? And uh, I carry parts for helicopters that I don't even fly just for that <laughs> that reason. Wow. You know, and, um, uh, you know, I've given uh, people blades, you know, that crashed their helicopter. and They got everything that they need to, to put the helicopter back together except their blades, you know. And, and I give them – I just sent uh, – uh, one of my friends on Facebook, uh, he crashed his uh, X3 and uh, didn't have blades for it. So I sent him a set of Zeal 360-millimeter blades. Nice. That wasn't you Death know? Pilot, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no. Oh, no. But when Death Pilot hears about you autoing the X3, oh, I'm going to tell him he got to learn to auto that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I have uh, a video of me uh, autoing it on my uh, my YouTube channel. Oh, I gotta check, check it out. out. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, let's, I guess, move it on to the news. The news. Yeah, we got some news. 
we do have some news. Awesome. What do we got? We are in another magazine. Da, yeah. Da, da. Wow. Awesome. I don't know how this happened, but uh, I know how it happened. And, and for the good reasons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you want to tell them what magazine? Don't say the word. I wrote it down, but don't say the word. What am I not supposed to say? Drones? Oh, you said the word. No. Oh. It's, it's Drones, RC Multi-Rotor Pilot Magazine. Yes. So, I mean, because we kind of do all aspects, and maybe we'll get in an RC Airplay Magazine, too. That'd be cool. Um, we are in the RC Multi-Rotor Pilot Magazine, which is the same folks that released the RC Helicopter Pilot Magazine. So, um, you know. Yeah, and I if guess... they have an RC Airplane Magazine, maybe they'll talk about yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah, get that exposure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to field all those questions, though, since you no longer fly RC airplanes. Ouch. I flew the Sparrow like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. You flew the Sparrow. You're actually ahead of me with the flight test stuff. What do you mean? I haven't built anything in a while. Where's my cargo plane? Yeah, I still got the cargo plane <laughs> I'm working on. You know, I was listening to some older episodes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I was taking trips up and down the turnpike, and... Uh, <laughs> One of them was Jeff and his FT racer, and we were, <laughs> I, we were joking about that. And sure, it was like, yeah, well, I'll cut you out those cargo points. I still, I'm still haven't given them to you guys. Nope. Uh, I gotta do that, man. They're just sitting. I really want to do um, EDF versions of, uh, of that, man. I want to get to 270 mils and put them in that. In the cargo place? Yeah, that would sound really cool. That would be cool. Yeah, I bet you could handle it, no problem, too. I mean, the wing loading on that's got to be, like, insane. Yeah. Wing. Definitely. So, um, while yeah. we're on the subject of flight tests, um, mm-hmm. I took note that um, they are expanding their empire to uh, to Europe. They're actually yes. uh, partnering with Gropner mm-hmm. and selling flight test foam, the new flight test waterproof foam, yep. and their kits over overseas through Gropner, which is amazing. When I, when yeah. I think about, like, it's a couple guys from Ohio that I met, you know, geez, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, three uh, years ago now, right? Yeah, and, you know, we hung out. We we had a great time at an event. We went out to dinner and, and had a great time. And mm-hmm. just I talk to them every now and then, you know, uh, and it's just crazy, man. Yeah, it, within it's so three cool. years, they have right. well over half a million fans. like Half a million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. And just spreading everything, spreading it out, man. Mm-hmm. Spreading the word. Yep. And now all the, U, uh, the EU folks can easily get kits and the foam and the parts and, um, you know, then... Yeah, there's still, there's still some kind of tax that they have to pay, obviously, you know, you're not... Probably that, right? I mean... Yeah, you're not, you're not getting around any taxes anywhere on the sure. planet, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to pay for the shipping. From yeah, the or the States. shipping is yeah, it's not from the U.S. It's not international shipping, right? It's not $30 for a plane and $40 for shipping. Yeah, there's a couple friends of mine that are in Germany, and uh, one of them's in a pretty successful thrash metal band over there. I talked to her a while ago. Man, it's got to be like maybe three, four years ago. And I said, uh, I said, oh, send me, send me one of your CDs. You know, I'll, I'll send you, um, I'll send you money for it. And she was like, well, it's like eight euros for the CD, and it's like eight euros to ship it over here too. And I'm, <laughs> you know, it's only just a light CD, but uh, right, like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm, I, th- I thought you were going to say, oh, send me a CD and I'll send you a flight test plate. <laughs> yeah. Nah. It just it just amazed me. I mean, I learned back then, you know, that yeah. 
Now, international shipping. shipping is crazy. Yeah. And I don't know how they do it from China. I mean, I guess with the, the freight boats coming you know, over. China, you know, China. China. <laughs> oh, boy. That was it. That was my, that was my Trump. I had my okay. finger up there while I was doing it. But you can't with that it. smug look with his head cocked to one side. You know, China. You got to play. That YouTube video is the best. Yeah. China, China, <laughs> China, 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 China. <laughs> Uh, oh so that's all I got for news. I don't know. You got anything? Anything else? Um, this is. I mean, this isn't like new news. News. I mean, it's kind of related to the the FT stuff. It's or foam board um, planes. But did you see the video of Kevin Matusik's, uh Raiden that he put an EDF in? Now he has an EDF version. Yeah, I've been following that uh, whole build, man. He's, yeah, he had. You know, he had. He was taking steps and he was posting uh, videos mm-hmm. of the steps he was taking. And yeah, it looks good, man. I like that the way he has like the vents on the side of the fuse coming in. Yeah, and the the you know the what is it the exhaust tube, I guess. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. I wanna, I might want to try to convert one of mine to that. We'll see. Is that possible, or do you have to build a whole new, new plane? I don't know. It's foam. Can't you just cut it up and hot glue it? <laughs> I don't know. I guess. But all right. Let's go on to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for you, Steve? I'm going to finish building those night blades and see if I could get them to actually CG right and work. Um, and then if they do work, I'm going to... I have like three rolls of th- three different color LEDs, uh, waterproof LEDs, that I'm going to put on the fuselage for the Goblin 380 and hopefully get my night rig done. Nice. Um, We'll see how it goes. I mean, I know 380 is probably not the best heli to do a night flyer, but eh, why not? I got why not? If I crash it, I'll just take it and use it for parts for my other 380 or whatever. You know, I'm not, I'm not really stressing that. Um, besides that, I got to figure out that little tail wag issue on the Logo 7. I want to, I really want to fly that thing. That thing is so light and it's so floaty. And, and I'm just running the 693 uh, switchblades. Into the seven seventeen uh, VTX come in, okay, and and I gotta fix my Turek spindle DFC link, uh, that so that'll be like ten minutes, um, <laughs> right, Phil? Ten minutes, um, <laughs> and then uh, what else do I have? Oh, I still have the other Oxy, my my cube. Um, it just gets that weird thing. I think the one way bearing is bent on it, or something's weird with the. So somewhere in the drive train, or or it could be my main blocks, my triple bearing blocks for uh, the main shaft. Which one you had know, the bad vibration? Was that the that's that one? Yeah, no, no, not the thread. Oh, that's the the, the, oh, the cube okay. stretch. Um, just that crazy vibration. So I took all the blades off, and I basically just held the helium, you know, like down on the table and spooled it up. Um, at a certain RPM. It just vibrates like crazy. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, if this number means anything, but in the V control, it's like over 2200 or whatever it is. Like, it's just vibrating like uncontrollably. Like, it's just doing a chicken dance, you know, on its skids. It's crazy. But, um, so yeah, something's got to be bent on it. And, and I replaced the main shaft, main gear, head, you know, basically the whole drivetrain was replaced except for those bearing blocks. Um, they were kind of shot and bent, and I just kind of bent them back. So maybe I didn't bend them back, uh, you know, oh. fully. So, so 
Yeah, I mean, for now, I'll, I'll, I gotta get a Link's order in and, and, you know, replace that and get a couple other parts. What else do I... Oh, so, um, you know, I've been struggling to sell this 570. Right. Um, you know, even as an airframe, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble with airframe, with motor, blades, ESC, BC, all that stuff. You know, people want the Neo, people want the servos, but I want those. I put those in the local 700, you know, so I don't yeah. have those anymore to sell, but... Uh, one of the things I've kind of been throwing around in my head is why don't I keep it? Um, I just need servos for it, and then I was thinking about converting it back, converting it to a two-bladed head system, because I always hear these. You know, I hear, I hear Nick, and I hear you know uh, Dan from RC Chen, just like really having a great time with their five seventies, and I feel like why am I not having a great time with five seventy? Is it because it's three-bladed head, and I'm having a little bit of difficulty tuning it or maybe I don't like the way the bigger three bladed heads fly. I don't know. So I'm throwing around the idea. But I, I mean I still have the five seventy posted on Facebook and Heli Freak and also even on eBay. Uh I might give it one more last chance, uh post it up as an airframe only for like five hundred plus shipping or whatever, you know? Just to see if I get any bites. If not then maybe I'll keep it, convert it to bladed. It's a full carbon fuse. It's like it'll be like a carbon 570 version, which you know, it's it's awesome. You know, you yeah. can practice your inverted autos with that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it on the oxy though. I mean, you could let me practice my autos with that. Why don't you just buy it from me then? Oh, dude. Come on, you can convert your your 570 to a 12s setup. I'll give you the packs and everything. You know, I'll give yeah. you a great deal, Kevin. You know I will. I know you will. It's just uh. Money's a little tight right now, yeah. uh, even though I worked all that overtime. Now, uh, get some deals. Get a Neo for the 570. Get you know, yeah. get your front bump for your Jeep. I know you want to get that. So <laughs> I got it. You did already? Yeah, yeah I got it already. I got nice. it today. Oh, wow. That was quick. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it for me. Um, so, Gina, what about you? Oh, what's next for me in the hobby? Well, <clears throat> first thing I need to do is get that X3 repaired. Mm-hmm. Um, might start tearing that down sometime this week and start making a list of what I need to, to order to, to uh, repair it parts that I don't already have. And besides that, I need to I need to go ahead and get the X5 V2 ordered so that I can get that put together and and uh, get it ready for buddy boxing. I'm really looking forward to doing that. If you were to do that, would you need to buy another jetty? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. Ooh, so would would the um the new jetty the the smaller was it like a six channel or something, um would that work? Yeah, it should work. Yeah, so I, I could I could get get that for, to use for the buddy box. And yeah, mine mine would be the master. Yeah, right, I think that one was I think what was it? I think it was only like three four hundred dollars, right? It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's not as, not as yeah, it's not as expensive as the the DS sixteen. Yeah, the DX sixteen. Yeah, those things are. They're pricey, but they're worth it. Talk to Bert. Be like, hey, Bert, let me get a <laughs> let me yeah, yeah. UK dishes. <laughs> but uh, that's cool. Yeah. Anything else you got? Um, no, that's that's probably about it. You know, other than uh, staying on track with uh, helping everybody uh, who needs it and uh, trying to uh, represent my uh, my sponsors uh, to my the best of my ability. Awesome. Nice. I'm sure you're doing a great job. All right, so Kevin. 
Yeah, I forgot to mention that uh, I was going back and forth with uh, Heli Direct a little bit with the battery that I got, that Pulse mm-hmm. 5000. It's a 45C, so yeah, it was kind of expensive. And uh, they actually shipped me out when I got it a couple of days ago uh, once I sent them the correct pictures that they needed and all that. So, <laughs> What did you send them the first time? Well, they, but. they were like, send me a picture of the... the, the <laughs> what the what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm being, I'm, it's getting late. I'm starting to get a little kooky here. I had this nine volt, and I sent them a picture of it. And I said, the cell's bad in here. Um, no, they uh, they wanted a picture of the battery, and and it was kind of like a little confusing. They wanted a picture of the battery, but they wanted the serial number and the you know the cell count at the same time. So I I hooked it up to my charger and did like a cell check on that and took a picture of it and I guess it was too far away or they didn't like my charging case or something. And so they were like, no, you got to take a, take another picture. This is what we need. When I sent that picture back to them, um, I didn't hear any response. And then one day I was checking on my phone, the link to, you know, my case number and it was coming up 404 error. So I sent them another email saying, Hey, what's going on? You know, I went to check this and I'm getting 404 error. Did you close it out? And they were like, no, we don't know why you're getting that error, but um, we're still waiting on your pictures. And I said, well, I sent them, but I'll, I'll send more. So I took more pictures mm-hmm. and sent them that. And, you know, I was getting ready to send them a picture of my butt if, uh, <laughs> if those didn't, didn't work. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was getting a, I was getting a, a touch. I wasn't getting real frustrated, but I was getting a, a little a touch frustrating. Um, like, like annoyed, right? Like Yeah, just... Like, because you don't know what's going on. You're wondering, you know, what what is happening? Yeah. Do I stick with Pulse? Do I look for another battery yeah. to, to use? Am I done with Heli Direct? Right. Am, I, am I throwing the helicopter out the window? You know, what am I doing? But uh, <laughs> no, they made they made they made good on it. Oh, that's awesome. And I got um I got some of those DS9 uh, not DS9 DS6 connectors from RC Pro, Pro Plus. Oh, D6. Yes. D6, yes, yep. from RC Pro Plus, and uh, mm-hmm. dude, those things are awesome, aren't they? To solder them, and you can unsolder them so easily. It's I have to add a disclaimer: they're awesome with a really good soldering iron. Because I went and got a a decent soldering iron that I mm-hmm. talked about. That was like a, a Hapco or something. Hapco. That's a good soldering station. That's exactly the one that we have too. Yeah. It'll go up to 850 degrees. It'll solder a, a uh, 10 mil, uh, uh, 10 gauge. Yeah, it'll okay. it'll solder it'll solder an uh, XE150 with a, in a matter of seconds. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one I got? Yeah, hack. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's the uh, yellow and blue one with the digital display and a turned out right in the front. Yeah, and you know uh, I get a lot of stuff from Amazon because I like two day shipping and uh, it was only yeah. like ninety nine dollars on, on Amazon. It was it was good deal. And yeah. I've had the same soldering iron since electronic school, which is 93. And it's a little, you know, it's a stick. It's probably 40 watts or 50 watts soldering iron, whatever. But that just wasn't cutting it on a lot of this 10-gauge stuff. Nope. And that thing is just, that thing blazes right through it. Like, it's it's really a pleasure to solder with that. Yeah. The the, the good thing about the, the, you know, when you spend a, a little bit of money on a nice soldering iron is that, you know, whenever you touch the soldering iron to something, it's going to start cooling the tip down, and it just heats it right back up. Like, it just, you know, it keeps that temperature constant, which is what you need to do a good soldering job on heavy-gauge wires. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, so need I to highly one. recommend that. <laughs> yeah. 
And those connectors work great, man. Yeah. They they make everything nice and clean. They they uh mm-hmm. they click in, they click out nice. Yeah, they seat real nice. It's good. Yeah, so one of the first things I'm doing this upcoming week, I got two mm-hmm. things I want to work on. I got to get the I got to finish getting the Scorpion jet ready, which means yep. I have to just solder some more of those connectors on. Uh but the first thing I'm going to do is uh we're having a Frankenplane event. I have a Sequoia and a Corsair that I'm going to try and piece together. I'm going to make a a a core a corkoy or a suck air. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, probably, I'll probably go with suck air. Put that on the side. <laughs> um, How about like a sue hair? I don't know. Hair? Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, David, that. that's cool. I mean, you're going to get a laugh out of it for sure. So. <laughs> but the president's always like, come on, guys. I can't imagine with all the planes and all the stuff you guys crash, you don't have a couple of planes you can piece together and, and come out to our event with. So yeah. I, I got to make sure I do something, man. I don't know what I'm going to do for wheels or reach. I'll probably just throw the Sukhoi wheels on there. But I was thinking today, you know, the I'm going to have the Sukhoi wings on the Corsair fuselage. But the okay. Corsair wings themselves are so unique. I got to figure out maybe maybe I'll do it the other way around or, or I'll put them on something else. I don't know. What do you mean? I'll screw around. Because I'm going to actually cut part of the fuselage from the Sukhoi out. I was just said like, you know, because what what is uh, the Corsair wings are... Basically, just a carbon spar tube, right? Just cut a hole and just shove that tube through it. And no, the Suco- the Corsair wings. No. Oh wait, you putting the Corsair wings on the Sukhoi? Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, swapping them. I, I don't know what I'm what I'm gonna have piece. Yeah, gorilla glue, just put them on. Yeah, duct tape. Whatever. I don't know. We'll figure something <laughs> out. So that should uh, be a lot of fun. I, I, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah, that should be cool. Uh, that's Saturday, right? Yeah. All yep. right. Yeah, I can't yeah. go Sunday because uh, uh, I'm picking up the wife and right back on Sunday. Okay, yeah, I'll see if I can make it out Saturday. All right, I guess uh, it's about that time. Let's uh, do our wrap up. Wrap it up. All right, um, <laughs> dude. I gotta add a little side note. Last last podcast, we were we were talking about how we we're gonna do uh and all this stuff, and I'd have to edit it out. It was right after we did we we talked about it. I left in. Almost every time you went, yeah, uh, okay, or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Between uh, me and Bill, we were like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, like yeah, so. Uh, a couple yeah. of beavis and buttheads. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> that was cracking me up, man. <laughs> so we have uh, a couple of guys followed uh, us <laughs> on Podbean. Lions Live iPhone 5 started following us. Nice. Thank you. The Madman's 246. Podcast started following us. Oh, another podcast following us. Yes, and the Western Voices podcast started following us. Nice. And our buddy Muse liked a couple of episodes. He liked the flight test community cast crossover that we did. Mm-hmm. That's a big hit. Yeah, we actually that was helped. an awesome episode. Yeah, awesome. thanks. Yeah. I'm glad you liked yeah. it because we weren't sure how things were going to go off, but uh, yeah, it did. It did work out really well. We had a good mm-hmm. time. I mean, we had a lot of fun, and sometimes it doesn't translate. Sometimes it does, but uh, that, that really did go over pretty well. You know, a lot of people liked it. Yeah. Yes, it re- it really worked. Awesome. Yeah. We'll probably do another one uh, later on for sure. Yeah. What else you got, Steve? All right. So Facebook likes. My awesome Facebook likes. I love it. We are at 317. That's plus two from last week, and I have one name. 
Alan Lee. So, yeah. Thank you, Alan. Uh, do you got some Facebook comments? I just have a comment I'm about uh, a, a listener of ours that posts a lot of stuff, man. And, uh, you know, we talk about Russ and Chris and, and uh, you know, Chris Breams. But uh, yep. our buddy Frank Mordellis, I meant to men- I meant to mention this last time. Uh, yes. He started posting pics about him building a 570. So yep. uh, I got to give him a shout cool out to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he actually um, donated a, an Oxy helicopter. Yeah. Yes. You know any more details about that? I, I do. I do. Let me uh, bring it up here. So, so Jamie Paulson basically posted on CP Helly's group saying that he liked you know, basically say thank you and share that uh, Frank, uh, Frank Mordellos. Um, is a great guy, great friend, big heart. Uh, after, after seeing that he sold uh, both his oxys, one to a friend with, uh, I guess, with Chris's money and the other for like some, uh, his dog, I guess, needed some surgery. Right, um, that was it. Yeah, Frank quietly bought an Oxy 3 kit and gifted it to him. Nice. Yeah, and this isn't the first time I've you know heard of this. The CP Helly's uh, Facebook group is actually a pretty special group that I've noticed. I mean, you know, our friend Muse, he uh, donated his, which used to be your 450 uh, Blade 450X, you right. know, the little Angry Bird one. Yep. Uh, to Cheyenne, who uh, is a, I think I believe he is a recovering cancer patient. Um, you know, I think he's seven years old, you know, like the childhood stuff, like, which is insane to even think about. But, uh, you know, he's doing well and, you know, he got into helis and we met him a couple of times at Flight Fest. Right. Um, yep. Him and his dad and his whole family, they always come out to Flight Fest and kind of, you know, share the experience. And so, yeah, Muse donated a heli to him. And then I, I feel like, I mean, that's the first time I've heard of anyone donating anything like this, especially like on Facebook. And it just kind of, I, I feel like it's snowballing. Like, there's just, you know, Muse did it. And, and then that heli, actually, and another heli, I believe, uh, Cheyenne and his uh, father um, donated to another person that was kind of, you know, like, didn't have the funds to, you know, buy a, a heli, and, but really were interested and very active on, on Facebook about it. So, uh, Frank doing this, like, I mean... I, I, it's awesome. I just want to give out to all of those guys that have uh, basically made the hobby, you know, even more like I don't know, heartwarming and memorable and everything. Like to be able to hear stories like this that like people are, you know, trying to really help you. Like you know, I mean, helping people with parts and stuff is cool, but like you know, think about it. Like if you were like seriously just. Loving helis, but just can't afford it. It's yeah. not a it's not a cheap hobby in no way. You know, even when you go with the small stuff, I remember spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on that that little blade one thirty x. You know, like yep. buying this, buying that, upgrading aluminum. You know, extreme parts, links parts, like going crazy. And and what's and, cool is people are posting pictures about it. And yeah, like for and me, it sharing just, it. Yeah, it was like, hey, wow, there's my old helicopter. Yeah, and I was like, wow, on the huh? canopy, still one piece. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not flying it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's very heartwarming to hear these type of stories. And, and I feel like they're making such an impact to the community, yeah. um, you know, that yeah, we, I got to give a shout out and just, you know, give them props that you guys are you guys are awesome. Keep it up, you know, everyone. You're killing it, as you would say. Who, me? 
Yeah. You're killing it. I say that a lot? No, I don't know. I've heard you say it. I don't know, Kevin. You're killing it's it. It's not like your catchphrase. Correct, correct, correct. All right. So, yeah. So, Frank, awesome. So, Dude, hats off awesome. to you, Frank. Awesome. All those guys, awesome. Yeah. All right. Do we have any uh, website comments? I checked uh, the email. I didn't see any comments. Uh, we did get an email from our friend Javier uh, talking about some camera stuff. Oh, right. Yep. Um, uh, from our last episode. Uh, yeah. Episode one. I guess he really uh, got some benefit from that episode because he was asking uh, Bill a, a whole slew of questions about different yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I forwarded that to Bill and then... Bill ended up just kind of replying back to us. I was like, okay, let me forward this to Javier now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So he, Bill hooked it up and answered a lot of his questions. So, you know, awesome. Nice. Uh, let's see here. iTunes reviews. I didn't see any iTunes reviews. No iTunes reviews. Nope. No new ones. So thanks for everybody that has left them. Mm-hmm. Drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Facebook like us, facebook.com, free4rc podcast. Don't forget to check our website and say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. (laughs) Hey there, Chris. Too bad you couldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. We miss you. Free4rcpodcast.com. Chris is adding new stuff. He recently added a whole bunch of stuff from... The uh, Northeast Smaller Helicopter Jamboree. So, yeah, definitely come check that out. Videos and pictures and all sorts of content. Flight Test Forums. Say hi to Nick. Hi, Nick. Hey, Nick. <laughs> uh, we're located off the field, audio and video production. Other than Flight Test Podcasts and Free Forestry Podcasts, uh, sitting right next to our buddies at the Flight Test Community Cast. Did he fix that helicopter? I don't know. Okay. He hasn't posted that he has or let us know. This is only half duplex, so I can only say, Nick, did you fix that helicopter? Well, you know he's listening to the episode and saying, no, Kevin. Oh, wait. Let me text him. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Fred. (laughs) Hey, Fred. I was just going to say Fred does that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. uh, So, Gina, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you can do that at my email, gt at ginatucker.com. Mm-hmm. Or you could use the contact page on my website at ginatucker.com. Nice. Or you could catch me on Facebook awesome. as Gina Tucker. There you go. Nice. All right. Well, from the Free Fall RC podcast crew, just want to thank all our listeners. Uh, free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. See ya, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming on the show, Gina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. (laughs) Nice. Awesome. I hope we won't be too thick in the mud or anything like that. No, no, no. I had a great time.